Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Hello, Culture Kids. Welcome to our show. We are a family podcast dedicated to empowering a generation of kind and empathetic creators and citizens of the world. Join us today as we hop on our culture train to the islands of Hawaii to visit the Polynesian Cultural Center located on the northern shore of Oahu, Hawaii. We are joined by Mr. Terry, who is the manager of the Hawaiian Village and an adjunct professor at Brigham Young University's Hawaii campus. Hello, hello. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Asher and I'm your host along with my mom, Kristen. This is the first part of a two-episode special on the islands of Hawaii. Today's episode will focus on learning about the geography and culture of Hawaii. For next week's episode, we will dive into the history of luau's, traditional foods, music, and even learn a few Hawaiian words of our own. Before we begin our episode, we want to wish a big happy birthday to Mindy Emo and Uncle Jeff in California. We also have a special birthday celebration for Malachi Norris from New York City. Malachi is eight years old and wants to travel to China someday. Happy birthday, Culture Kids! So hurry up and let's grab our tickets. We gotta jump on the culture train. And we need to get to Hawaii. Let's go! Aloha, culture kids. Ah, welcome to paradise. We just arrived on the enchanting island of Oahu. Can you feel the warm sunlight wrap around you like a gentle bear hug? If you gaze into the distance, you can see the crystal clear turquoise water shimmer. And if you look closely, you might catch a glimpse of tropical fish dancing beneath the surface. The gentle sound of the waves creates a magical sensation as they crash onto the white, sandy beach. Never leaving. I feel so relaxed already. Everything is so sparkly, bright, and magical here. And here comes Mr. Terry, our guest from the Polynesian Cultural Center. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Aloha, Kako. Aloha, Kristen. Aloha, Asher and Culture Kids. Can you tell us about yourself? Well, no, Terry Naoa Pane'e. No, Kane'ohe O'ahu Maiyao, Kehanane Vauma Polynesian Cultural Center. My name is Terry Naoa Pane'e, born and raised here on this island of Oahu. Currently, I'm the the manager of the Hawaiian Village in the Polynesian Cultural Center, and I've been working here at the Cultural Center for 40 years now. I am also an adjunct faculty at the Brigham, nearby Brigham Young University Hawaii campus. 
where I teach Hawaiian language and Hawaiian studies, and I have been an adjunct faculty for about 32 years now. Wow, thank you. You've spoken a different language before. What language is that? Mr. Terry introduced himself in the Hawaiian language, which is important to Hawaiian culture and a key part of the state's history. Cool. Sounds different from English or Korean or Spanish. Those are the languages that I kind of understand. Yep, and we'll learn more about the language in a little bit. But let's take a second and acknowledge the beautiful space we have here, the Polynesian Cultural Center. The center showcases the rich cultures of different Polynesian islands. We can experience exploring traditional villages where we get to see performances and discover the beauty of Polynesians' diverse heritage against the beautiful backdrop of lush landscapes and smiling faces. Could you explain more about it and why it was created? The Polynesian Culture Center was established 60 years ago. The Culture Center was established to help provide job opportunities for students who are attending the Brigham Young University of Hawaii. It allowed them to be able to showcase their cultures uh, here at the center, and so they can come and learn more about their cultural heritage here. Oh, cool. One time we went to Natural History Museum, and there was a whole area about American history too. That was fun. But what are the Polynesian Islands? The Polynesian Islands are a group of stunning tropical islands in the Pacific Ocean, like Hawaii, Tahiti, Fiji, Samoa, or New Zealand. People there have their own unique cultures and traditions, and the places are famous for their beautiful beaches and landscapes. The center is, what, 42 acres or so with uh, six cultural villages spanning the the Polynesian uh, island chain from Hawaii the north to New Zealand at the South and Easter Island. And that's kind of like an overview of what the, the center does. Very cool. Today we are learning about the islands of Hawaii. Mommy says there are many, many islands. We visited a few, but not all of them. Exactly. Could you explain more about all the different islands? The Hawaiian island chain, the Hawaiian island archipelago, is the most remote island archipelago in the world. Watch out! Archipelago. An archipelago is a group of islands that are close to each other, like a team of tiny islands. They may or may not be from the same country. Got it. But what do you mean that it's the most remote island in the world? Like, is it lonely? Let me explain how it goes. Pacific Ocean is the largest body of water on the planet, and the Pacific Ocean is large enough to put all the landmass in the world in the middle of the Pacific Ocean and still have a lot of water left over. Wow. So that's how much area, water area that we're talking about. All the land in the world can be put in the middle of the Pacific water. Wow. Imagine that, you guys. Ah, ah. Is it sometimes scary because the ocean is everywhere? Oh, that's a really good question, Asher. Uh, One interesting fact uh, that as islanders, when we look at the ocean, the ocean is not a barrier, but a highway. You know, the the ocean doesn't divide us, it connects us because it allows us a chance to visit each other. I love this concept. It creates a sense of adventure and curiosity about what's out there beyond the seas. 
But aside from using airplanes, how do Hawaiians use the ocean as a highway? We sailed on voyaging canoes, traveled back and forth, and there was a lot of travel for, for many, many years. In recent years, uh, they've been a resurgence of Polynesian voyaging, um, being able to sail without any modern navigational tools. And so now our, our modern Hawaiian voyaging canoes have been sailing from Hawaii to Tahiti, 2,400 miles in 12 days. Which is a exciting feat uh, to be with to that. Whereas Captain uh, well, Columbus sailed across the Atlantic Ocean, which is shorter than that, and took him like two months to be able to do that. So the speed and the knowledge of the Polynesians as far as voyaging and, and exploration uh, was tremendous. Well, I saw photos of these canoes, and they look so strong and big. Wow. Hawaiians are strong and fast. Uh, yep. They must eat a lot of green veggies because mommy says green foods always make you strong. <laughs> yes, Sasher. Their ability to sail from Tahiti to Hawaii in just 12 days, a trip much shorter than Columbus's two-month trek across the Atlantic, really shows how skilled and gifted the Hawaiians are at exploring the seas. So most of us know about the Hawaiian islands like Oahu, Maui, Big Island, or Kauai. Could you tell us more about the archipelago? Sure. So here in the islands of Hawaii, our Hawaiian archipelago actually has 132 islands in it. Wow. Now there are eight major islands in the Hawaiian island chain, seven of which are inhabited. Mm. Uh, the largest is the Big Island in the, the southeast. The name of the island is Hawaii. So Hawaii is the name of the island as well as the name for the state. Uh, next we have is Maui. And next to Maui, there are three other islands, which is Moloka'i, uh, Lana'i, and Kaho'olawe. Next to that, after Moloka'i, we have Oahu, which is where Honolulu is and Waikiki and, and is the, the center of the Hawaiian island chain. And then after that, going continuing on northeast, we have Kauai and Mi'ihau. And all of, the, all of those ma eight major islands are inhabited except for Kaho'olawe. What does that mean? If an island is not inhabited, like nobody's living there? Yes, exactly. This uninhabited island was used by the military for many years. And although people are not living there now, there are efforts underway to restore its natural environment after years of military use. Yeah! Well, that makes me happy. Yay! So the island is at rest now, and they're trying to clear up all the ordinances and things. And finally, only now are some of the life starting to come back to the island. Slowly but surely, like a turtle, like a Hawaiian turtle. And those are the eight major islands of, the, of Hawaii. Hawaiian Islands boasts a rich and vibrant history that stretches back over a millennium, which is a very, very long time ago. The islands were first settled by skilled Polynesian navigators who brought with them their culture, language, and traditions. Learning about how people lived back then is important because it helps us see where the traditions and culture of the islands come from. It gives us a better understanding of how things change over time and why Hawaii is so special today. Thank you, Asher. 
So, Mr. Terry, could you tell us about what life was like back then? Sure. So traditionally, Hawaiians lived in a chiefly society where you had the high chief over the entire island, and then you had lesser chiefs that uh, governed the different districts of the island. We have land divisions that we call Ahu Pua'a, which are land divisions from the mountain to the ocean. Got it. So that everybody who lived within that, that area had access to things from the mountain to the ocean because you needed everything to be able to survive. Yay! Oh, because people need land and fish from the ocean to eat or fruit from the mountains? Yep, exactly. The royalty, or what we call ali'i, the chiefly class, were believed to be able to trace their lineage back to the creator gods. And in doing so, prove that they were descendants of these gods or actually godlike in their own respect. Oh, so chiefs are like the leaders. Like how mommy and daddy are leaders in our house. Uh-huh. Or is it me and Ivan? No. <laughs> uh, after European contact, when uh, Captain Cook came in 1778, uh, Kamehameha I was the first chief to unite all the islands under one rule. And in doing so, with the influence of other cultures coming to the islands, after uniting the islands, he proclaimed himself king, adopting the British style of monarchy system. And monarchy means there's a king. My king. So eventually they had kings and queens? Yes, exactly. Hawaii's rich culture and distinctive traditions originated from its time as islands ruled first by chiefs and then kings and queens. This historical background has contributed to the unique blend of customs and practices that makes Hawaii stand out. Over time, Hawaii became a part of the United States, but its extraordinary culture and history continues to shine. To dive into the detailed history of Hawaiian islands, explore the links under show notes on the Polynesian Cultural Center website. the Hawaiian Islands today, we noticed a blend of people from various backgrounds. Can you provide insights into the current culture of the islands and the languages commonly spoken in modern times? Let's go! Uh, a lot of people, they come to Hawaii, they think that there are a lot of things that we do here are Hawaiian culture. There's two aspects to the term Hawaiian. One is a bloodline cultural bloodline kind of thing, that, and that's um, if you're a descendant of somebody who uh, was a native Hawaiian prior to European contact. Sometimes, you know, people will identify themselves as a person of where they come from. And so because Hawaii is also a location, some people think that because they live in Hawaii, they, they become Hawaiians in that same sense, like Californians. Uh, and so when I'm, when I'm speaking about native Hawaiians, I'm talking more about the cultural side and the blood lineage kind of side like that. It does need to be explained. There, there's a difference between somebody who, who was born and raised in Hawaii, but maybe not of that culture, because we are multicultured here in the islands. Thank you for highlighting this. And we're here today to celebrate the depth and beauty of the true Hawaiian culture that spans thousands of years. So there's a lot of local Hawaiian culture, which is a, a blending and a mixture of everybody's um, ethnic ethnicities, uh, but it's a mixture of cultures that, that we share. And so we have a lot of uh, different things that are local culture, but not necessarily Hawaiian culture. Oh, that makes sense. Like how other people could immigrate there from another place. Uh-huh. And our Hawaiian culture is still thriving. Uh, one of the things that helps that is the language. Hawaiian language. 
Um, Hawaiian language is an official language of the state of Hawaii, has been since 1978. Oh, yeah. Hawaii was the first officially bilingual state in the nation. Whoa. In other words, we can use Hawaiian language in official capacities. That's very interesting because most states here in America only have English as the official language. But countries like South Africa have 11 official languages. Yeah. We learned about that two episodes ago. That is true. So do the schools here teach the Hawaiian language too? Well, we have a lot of the new younger generations uh, where you can go to school in kindergarten, starting at two, three years old. Uh, and learn everything in Hawaiian and continue on through your elementary, intermediate, and high school years, all learning in Hawaiian and even into the university areas where there is a master's in Hawaiian language. Why is learning the Hawaiian language important? Uh Mommy says I have to learn Korean too, but it's hard. Oh, that's a really good question, Asher. There is a Hawaiian proverb that says, i ka'olelo keola, i'ko'olelo kamake, meaning, in the language is life, and in the language is also death. And if a culture or people loses their language, then that's when the culture starts to die, and you lose a lot of the culture that way. And so by being able to preserve the language, it also helps preserve the culture. That is very true. This is a good reminder for our family too. As Asher mentioned, in our family, it's important to me that Asher and his sister Arden are able to speak both English and Korean because it represents our identity as Korean Americans. Can anyone learn the Hawaiian language? Like other people that moved to Hawaii that live there? Like the locos? There are a lot of non-Hawaiian, non-Hawaiians who are also learning the language as well as they feel that being in Hawaii allows them to become closer to the culture and to the people who, who live here as well. That's nice. I also want to learn Spanish because I have many friends that speak it. I think that's wonderful, Asher. When you take the time to learn someone's language, it's not just about talking. It can be a heartfelt gesture that shows how much you care about them, their family, and their heritage. So, Mr. Terry, we often come across the expression, the spirit of Hawaii. Can you provide more insights into what this phrase means? But the Hawaiians believe that um, everything has a spirit. And so to be able to acknowledge spiritual things uh, was important. And so blessings on, on the event and on the food and everything else is, is very typical. I love that. So how do they show that? Do they pray? Uh, and before they did anything, they would try to communicate spirit to spirit. So prior to going to the ocean to fish, to swim, or anything, oftentimes they would they would offer a, a prayer, hoping that the spirit of the ocean would touch their spirit to let them know that it's okay for them to go swimming. If they didn't feel right, they wouldn't go into the water. I guess it's kind of like when mommy says, listen to your body. I think so, yeah. Feeling a special connection to the different elements of our earth is a wonderful way to foster a deep appreciation for the beauty and harmony of the natural world. Same with the canoe builders, before they cut the tree down, they would search for the right tree for them. And before they cut it down, they would pray to ask that the spirit of the tree and their spirit would communicate with each other to let them know if that's the right tree for them. And again, if after they prayed, they didn't feel right, they would look for another tree. 
and our family prays like that too, but before eating food, and sometimes at night. Yeah, that's great. So this spiritual connection to everything, to the land, to the environment, to each other, was something that was shared. Is this done by everyone in Hawaii? Like, is it a religion? Oh, that's a really good question, Asher. Yeah. So in in modern times, it kind of depends on how you were raised, on how much of that you still preserve or still practice, and it doesn't matter which uh, religion you have. Just the understanding that we are spiritually connected to the land and to the people around us and everything else, uh, as as part of a cultural concept. Uh, allows us to do that, and it's not so much more of a religious thing, but a, a respect for nature and a respect for culture and people. This is such a wonderful lesson we can all learn from. Feeling connected to the earth really helps us appreciate and take care of our planet. I wish we could stay here for days and weeks learning about the culture of Hawaii, but we gotta get home and catch our culture train. All right, join us next week as we continue our discussion on islands of Hawaii. Thank you, Mr. Terry. See you soon. Mahalo nui aku ya oko no ko ko kipana mai aho alahe ana mai ke yo podcast hoi nui ko mahalo aku ya oi aloha mai. Bye, Mr. Terry. Okay, Asher, you can go first. What do sea monsters eat? What? Fish and chips. <laughs> ah, I get it. Fish and chips. Fish and chips. Very clever. Mm-hmm. Okay, mommy's turn. What did one tide pool say to the other tide pool? What? Show me your muscles. <laughs> get it? I get it because like muscles are like in tide pools, but muscles like in our body. So like, show me your muscles. There you go. Well, thanks so much for joining us this week. If you haven't done so yet, please take a second and leave us a review and let us know how much you love listening to our episodes. Check out our Instagram at Culture Kids Media for behind-the-scenes footage and photos of everything we learned about today. Stay tuned next week as we continue to explore the islands of Hawaii. So hit subscribe to our channel. See you next week. Bye bye. We've all been there. You're standing in a museum, staring at a painting, and all you can think is, I don't get it. To me, knowing the story behind an artwork is a huge part of knowing how to look at it. I'm Amanda, the host of the Art of History podcast, where we view history through the lens of some really great works of art. Each episode, we dive deep into the bigger picture behind some familiar and maybe not so familiar pieces. Check out Art of History now wherever you get your podcasts.